Hello and welcome to Reading the Bible Cover to Cover in 365 Days. My name is Andrea Lendy, author of the book and Bible reader and studier for over a decade. And I'm excited to share some thoughts with you about today's reading. Welcome to day 18 of Reading the Bible Cover to Cover in 365 Days. Let us pray. Oh Lord, thank you for teaching us more of your ways. Help us glean the message you have for us in your word today. May our hearts be open to hear your gentle whispers. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, Matthew chapter 18 finds Jesus telling the disciples who is really great in the kingdom of heaven, the one who is like a child. The Amplified Bible tells us a bit more about what that means. It says children are trusting, lowly, loving, and forgiving. They don't have the hardened shell we develop over time as adults, the shell that protects us from hurt and pain. In other chapters, Jesus accuses people of a lack of understanding because of the hardness of their hearts. And in still others, God tells us that the Israelites could not enter his rest or peace because of the hardness of their hearts. I will likely point those out on our way through the Bible. If I forget, though, be sure to be on the lookout for the results of a hard heart. I love verse 10 because it again talks about children saying their angels always are in the presence of and look upon the face of my father who is in heaven. What a beautiful visual picture of the angels watching over our children. So if you're struggling in this area, please know this verse is for you. Jesus also shares a story about 100 sheep and losing one of them. The shepherd leaves those 99 in search for the one lost sheep. When he finds it, he rejoices. And Jesus tells us that this is the way it is in heaven. Heaven rejoices when one lost soul finds him as their savior. Well, verses 19 and 20 are familiar to many of us and show us the power of prayer, the power of praying friends. Jesus said, again, I tell you, if two of you on earth agree, Here's the Amplified Bible's uh, definition of agree. Harmonize together, make a symphony together about whatever, anything and everything they may ask, it will come to pass and be done for them by my Father in heaven. For wherever two or three are gathered, drawn together as my followers in my name, there I am in the midst of them. So who is I am? Exodus chapter 3 verse 14 is referenced after our verse today and it says and God said to Moses I am who I am and what I am and I will be what I will be and he said you shall say this to the Israelites I am has sent me to you many of these letters are capital letters I encourage you to go look at this verse for yourself Exodus chapter 3 verse 14 this is powerful when we gather together and pray, the great I am is present. Jesus also talks about forgiveness in this chapter. He tells a very interesting parable about a man who has forgiven much, but didn't forgive his debtors. This man was put in prison until all the debts were paid. If we transfer this parable to our lives, it seems as we forgive others, we will be forgiven our sins. However, if we hold on to grudges against people who have wronged us, we may not be forgiven our wrongs. 
As we read more of the Bible, we see that God is our avenger. When we take vengeance into our own hands, we take it away from the great I am. Let's look at who we need to forgive in our lives and give the power back to God. Let's see what's happening in Acts chapter 18. We find Paul making tents. This was his occupation while he was preaching and teaching. And we will see in the future that Paul continued in his occupation of tent making as he tried to not ask the people in the church to pay his wages. He didn't want to offend anyone, and we will see that in future readings. He was still preaching and teaching to the Jewish people, but they were not responding well. So he left them and decided to go to the Gentiles, who were considered heathens at the time, and we are thankful he did. The Corinthians listened to Paul and were converted. I love when God comes to people in dreams, and he did just that for Paul. He assured Paul that he needed to stay there and preach, so he stayed for a year and a half. And don't we all wish we would hear from God so clearly? It wasn't long before someone else rose to power in that region, though, and the Jewish people once again brought a grievance against Paul in the courts. Can you imagine being called into court, after court, as Paul was? God knew when he called Saul, now Paul, that he had called someone who was not easily intimidated, someone who could withstand these assaults and continue to preach to those who would listen. We have all been given the personality God designed exactly for us to live the life he designed exactly for us. I admire Paul's tenacity and try and be more like him when things don't go my way as they didn't his. Genesis chapter 35 finds Jacob making an altar for God. He requested that the whole tribe give up all their false gods that they had, which they did. Interestingly, some of these things were jewelry, which to them signify charms against evil. Something to think about in our modern day. Are there things we give credence to which we shouldn't? Lucky charms, maybe? Not the cereal kind. Anyway, Jacob told them to purify themselves as he intended on making an altar for the Lord. Something amazing happened. Verse 5 tells us they journeyed and a terror from God fell on the towns round about them, and they did not pursue the sons of Jacob. Remember that Jacob thought his sons put him in a precarious situation when they essentially killed all the men in the region where their sister was violated. But God protected them. He rained terror on the towns around them. After, they purified themselves and gave up their other gods. Something important to take note of and think about what we may be putting in place of God. God appears to Jacob again, and I love that the living God appears to Jacob more than once. He again tells him his name is Israel instead of Jacob, which means contender with God. God said, I am God Almighty, lest Jacob forget who God was. God also told him to have children, and their children should have children too. And then the mic dropped. A nation and company of nations shall come from you, and kings shall be born of your stock. Imagine that. Royalty was planned for his future generations. In fact, we know that Christ came from his genealogy. And then God ascended. How amazing is that? That's just a wow moment right there. Unfortunately, the next thing that happens in Jacob's life is the loss of his beloved Rachel. She died giving birth to Benjamin on their way to Bethlehem. Next, we read about an incident of incest. Reuben, Jacob's son, had sex with one of his concubines. 
There isn't much said here in the text about this other than that. But Jacob was never with this woman again. She was considered unclean from that time on. Sin breeds sin and loneliness in this case. We also see that Isaac, Jacob's father, was 180 years old when he died, and both the boys buried their father. Chapter 36 is filled with the genealogy of Esau and his descendants. Esau and Jacob had to go to different regions because there simply wasn't enough space for their families and all their livestock. So we see them depart from one another. God was faithful to these men and blessed both of them as he said he would do. Psalm 18 is a psalm of praise to God, for David had won the battle against the giants. I have a few favorite verses in this chapter which bring me comfort when I am overwhelmed with trials or difficulties. Verse 6 tells us that our voices, our pleas, and our cries are heard by God. David writes about how powerful God is in all he does. Verse 10 says, And he rode upon a cherub, a storm, and flew swiftly. Yes, he sped on with the wings of the wind. Such a beautiful picture this paints in our minds. How powerful our God is. Verse 16 says, He reached from on high. He took me. He drew me out of many waters. We can be sure the Lord will reach down and pluck us out of the mire of our troubles as we read this verse. And verse 28 says, For you cause my lamp to be lighted and to shine. The Lord my God illumines my darkness. God will light the darkest places we go to. He sent his son to do just that. Jesus is the light, and when we believe in him, he will lead us into the light. We can count on that. Verse 30 says, as for God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is tested and tried. He is a shield to all those who take refuge and put their trust in him. God is faithful. He can be trusted always. He is our shield. Lastly, verse 48 says, you lift me up above those who rise up against me. You deliver me from the man of violence. Again, God is our shield and our protector. I love these verses that show us how powerful God is. Let us trust in him completely and not fear whoever or whatever comes against us. Let us allow God to avenge us. And let us pray. Oh, Lord, thank you for your constant watch over us. Thank you for being our shield and our protector. Help us rely completely on you. Increase our faith and trust in you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for walking this journey with me and being a faithful reader of God's word. I pray that he shows himself as the God who loves you deeply and cares about every detail in your life. Come back tomorrow for some more thoughts and insights as you read God's word.